Wow. Wow. This is it. Episode 112 of the A2 Podcast. And we're here with um, <laughs> MMA. Well, I, I don't know even how, how to introduce you just because you've done so many different things in your life, right? You started off. Steve. How about yes. that? Steve Orozco. Um, you start off on Wall Street and you're like, oh, that's not for me. And you did yes. MMA. I'm like, ah, oh, that's not for me. <laughs> and then, and then now you got your Smash Global business. And um, is this for you? You think? Yes. And I think that every thing that I've done is like a chapter that's led to the next chapter. Amazing. Wow. Wow. I like I like how you say it like that. It's slow. Um, you might think that this is just an, a chapter now, and that there might be a new chapter in the future for you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always. I think. You know, life is so short and there's so many things that we can do with it, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, you should never just be like settled and just stick to one thing. Always try to capitalize on something. So, you know, you go to college and I use that chapter to get your job. Mm -hmm. And then you have your job, it's the next chapter until you find exactly what you want to do. And, uh, you know, with my company, I've just been able to put all my chapters together into one. Wow. Okay, cool. And when do you know it was, it's time for you to like move on? From, um, from one chapter to the next? Yeah, um, that's a good question. I, I think you just know. Like for me, you know, when you go to college, you're not, listen, when you're 18 years old, how many people at 18 know what they want to do like truly? You haven't lived long enough and experienced enough things. So mm-hmm. now I went to college. I majored in finance. I wanted to be work on Wall Street. That was like my dream at the time. I did it, but I didn't love it. You know, it was like I was working for money and that was enough for me. I'm very passionate passion-driven person. Um, wrestling is the most, wrestling was my life and wrestling is what makes me happy. When I'm on the wrestling mat, nothing else matters. There's no stress. I don't care about anything. And uh, it came to a point where I said, I want to be a fighter. I want to wrestle again. So I left the industry. Um, I turned pro as a fighter in 2010 and, uh, and the rest was history. Well, you did um, fighting for how long before you were like, not for me? <laughs> yeah, I well, yeah. moved to California in 2009, mm-hmm. and then, which is when I basically started training at some amateur fights, and uh, I stopped in 2015. Amazing. All right, cool. So I want to talk to you a bit about, like, we all have that. I think you said something that's so great, that when we're 18, we really have no clue <laughs> what we're going to do with the rest of our life, and we're all, we all have to make that decision, right, straight yeah. out of high school. And you're told you have to go to college, get a career and do that. But you're saying something that's really radical and that, hey, um, I don't know. I'm going to keep learning. <laughs> and then when I learn something new, I'll be able to shift on my feet and do another career and try something different. So yeah. at, at what point you were in finance, like what was the last period of that like before you were like, uh, I want to go, I want to like jump right back into fighting. Fully. I hated going, I hated going to work every day. Wow. Mm-hmm. But I loved the highlight of my day mm-hmm. was after work going to to jujitsu practice mm-hmm. and training. And that was literally, I got through my day so I could go and, and grapple. And, uh, and I knew right then and there that uh, that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So in transition, I actually went back to grad, I went to grad school. So I moved from New York to Connecticut because I got recruited by a firm called Barnum Financial Group. Um, so we went to Connecticut. I was still in finance. I started not to like what I was doing. So I went back to school 
I got my MBA. And uh, once I got my MBA, that kind of gave me the, what's the word? The, uh, the drive to mm -hmm. say, I'm done with this industry. <laughs> and now mm -hmm. let me go fight because I can always go back because I have my education to fall back on. And uh, that's exactly what I did. That's, wow, that's pretty smart. Um, because I know a lot of pro athletes, they get into sports very young and then they have like a short, very successful career. And then after that, there is not, you know, it's usually not that great. They lose all their money or they have other difficulties uh, like medical injuries. Right. And, um, were you afraid of that when you went into MMA? Uh, no, not at all because of my education. So I would say it like this. I was really good at all the sports that I did. I was good at wrestling. I was good at everything, but I was never great where that was my number one and education was number two. So I still had to go to college where education was number one and sports were just for fun. So, you know, a lot of these athletes now, that's all they know. Like they go to college, they get a scholarship, they're playing their sport and that's it. Education is important to them. Like you said, when you're a professional athlete, your career is very, very short-lived. And again, when you're wow. young, mm -hmm. it's even shorter-lived. So when I turned pro as a fighter, I was 28 to 29 years old, mm -hmm. so a lot wiser. And at that age, I knew I was never going to be the next Conor McGregor or George St. Pierre. I did it because I loved it. And I said, I'm going to fight until I lose one fight. So I went 8-0 as a pro. I went to Australia to fight their number one kid. I lost. And that was my defining moment again. I said, mm -hmm. man, I'm 30, 34 years old. I have a one-year-old at home. I can't do this forever. I had two knee surgeries already, shoulder surgery. I said, what can I do next in my life? Mm -hmm. And uh, it was either open up my own gym or start my own MMA league, which is what I did. You started, so you started your own MMA league smash, right? Yep. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about it for those who don't know? Yeah. So I'm yeah. a fully licensed professional sanctioned MMA league, just like the mm -hmm. UFC, mm -hmm. obviously a smaller scale. I'm not, a, I'm not on their level, mm -hmm. um, but I do it different. So for me coming from a business background first, you know, I knew how important it was to network. I went to black tie events and charity galas and, uh, I knew what that demographic was like. In MMA, they don't have that crowd. MMA is a very bleed, 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 fight, fight, fight kind of kind of crowd. I kind of compare it to NASCAR, whereas boxing is very Formula One because it has mm -hmm. centuries of history. Boxing started from with people who had money in the first place. MMA really? kind of came. Wait. MMA <laughs> Wait, it's so fighting, just like regular boxing. Was that why was it like why did why is it like richer people that started with it as opposed to like it's a fighting, it's a sport. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's more it's more prestigious. Mm -hmm. Been around for a long time. That's why they call it prize fighting. Whereas MMA didn't start from that feel. It started from a there were no rules, there were no <laughs> sanctions, mm -hmm. there were no gloves, there were no weight classes. Guys didn't know multi, they weren't multifaceted. They only knew it was like boxer versus Taekwondo and sumo wrestler versus jiu-jitsu. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's evolved so much so fast that the crowd hasn't evolved with it. It's still a very $25 ticket crowd. 
you know, the tapped out t-shirts, the Bud Lights. Sure. Um, well, now there's no I, crowds. Well, now there's no crowds at all, right? And, no yeah. crowds, and I hate it. Mm -hmm. so I'm, on, I'm on pause right now, and it, mm -hmm. it drives me crazy. Yeah. But obviously, as things start to open back up, before they open up to all the fans, they're probably they're going to do limited fans, where it'll be like you can have a show, but you can only have 100 people attend, mm -hmm. which for me is okay because I can just double my ticket price and still have a show. Mm -hmm. Compared to like a UFC or a bigger organization, they can't do that just because my crowd already lends itself to paying that ticket price. I see. Wow. All right. Sounds good. So are, are you ready working on some fights? Are they lining up soon? When's the next um, fight? Do I'm going to make that decision October 1st. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm either going to do it for the middle of December, hoping that we can have fans. Um, but I'll probably tell my fighters, like in a clause, that there's a chance we'll have to postpone like four weeks. Because it might be a chance that they're going to say, um, no fans, but the next phase of the reopening plan will be in January for limited fans. And I'll just postpone it for four weeks. Okay. All right. Cool, cool. And yeah, and you're making that decision. You said October 4th. October 1st. Based on yeah, yeah. What, yeah, what are you based on what, like what um, factors you're taking in? Yeah, mm -hmm. After speaking to the athletic commission mm -hmm. and seeing what they say as far as their timeline, because they're they're my governing body, I can't do anything without them. True. So they'll tell me what it looks like and if the outlook looks good or not. Mm -hmm. Now I just have to make that executive decision. Cool, cool. And then where where is the stadium? You guys host the fights. Or the stage? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have it. Yeah, we have a place called the Taglian, which is in Los Angeles, California. The the Taglian is what it's yep. called. All right. Cool. Yeah. T A G L Y A N. Cool. All right. And why'd you pick this spot? Because absolutely gorgeous. I looked at every single venue in LA. <laughs> mm -hmm. In this place, you walk in, and it's like just like like dreamy. The lighting is great. The lighting is insane. It's this it's one? a wedding venue. This one, right? Yes. Let me see. Uh, my bad. It's T A G L Y A N, right? Yep, Tagman Complex. Yeah, that's it. Go to their website. Wow! Wow! Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Steve, <laughs> what? Hey, uh, my coach just came in, but I'll let him in. Yeah, and I yep. gotta ask him what he thinks about this because this is. Wow. <laughs> All right. Nice. Hey, Ali. Welcome, Ali. All right. Where are you guys going? Hey. Hello. Hey. Welcome. Yeah, so what do you think? Uh, Steve was just telling us how he's... Um, so Steve has his own um, pro wrestling organization, and he's hosting it at this place called the Taglian. And this is for weddings. So how do you transform it into, like, a place to fight? Are there pictures of the, like the uh, cage or the arena? I know. Uh, yeah, on my website, there should be. All right. Here. So yeah, that. so you, uh -huh. you got that dance floor and you replace it with the cage. <laughs> yeah, let me look it up one sec. Sounds good. And uh, I'll find it on your website, Steve Orozco. Yep. Cool. Mm -hmm. uh, smashglobal.com. Smash Global. Amazing. Okay. And um, where do I find it here? Let's see. Probably under venue. Either venue or about us. 
Let me see the menu here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amazing. Look at Steve right there. Boss. <laughs> Amazing. Wow. All right. Cool. Whoa. Whoa. This is like, I see, like black tie kind of events. People, yeah. they have dinners. Do they Are they like eating during the fights or? Yeah. You're eating while you watch the fight. So it's mm-hmm. the same thing as a wedding, but instead of a, a <laughs> dance floor, you have a cage. I mean, honestly, I don't <laughs> think people are going to be able to eat while people are, you know. <laughs> smashing each other's heads because usually when you watch people fight in front of you the adrenaline like the adrenaline takes over and you're just like cheering for whoever is fighting so the last thing you think about is food yeah. like, because uh with fight and the, to understand the medic med like the medicine of fight is usually your whole body switches from uh, parasympathetic to sympathetic, which is your fight or flight, right? And uh, your digestion slows down. Yeah, yeah your, your digestion, digestion slows down. You're not really hungry, right? Yeah, yep. mm-hmm. pretty much. So but I, I imagine, like, yeah, but I imagine it's more like you're eating, and then the event happens, and then all eyes are on the fight, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And the food is absolutely incredible. So usually that's like the the favorite part of the night. Everyone's always like, "Oh my god, the food is <laughs> amazing!" Amazing! Wow. All right, so cool. this is in Los Angeles, yeah? Correct. Right. That's, okay. Well, yeah. That's, people aren't uh, weird stuff in LA, so I guess. Can you tell us about how, like, a night, a night of the fight, like, goes for the, the show? So there's a fight tonight, let's say, at the cage. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it'll start off with the red carpet. So have a, mm-hmm. a red carpet from 7 to 8, 8.30 you know, with all the celebrities and all the media in Los Angeles. I mean, everyone from TMZ to the Hollywood Reporter shows up. Um, then we have, you know, during that time, it's, it's uh, uh, what's the word? Like, you know, it's cocktail hour. So we have mm-hmm. pastor d'oeuvres and obviously it's open bar. And then at 8.30, we open up the ballroom doors and everyone files into their seat when they find their table. Um, from there, I have, Three, I do four to five pro fights. So I'll do fight one, fight two, fight three. Then I'll have an intermission where I honor somebody. Every show I honor someone who's made a significant impact in the sport or in martial arts. And then I had the co-main event and main event or just the main event. Now the main event is over. I keep the door, I keep the, uh, the cage doors open mm-hmm. for another 30 minutes while the DJ keeps going. And the people, the spectators can get in the cage and they can dance. Um, they take selfies, obviously, because how often can, can a spectator actually get into a cage? Wow. <laughs> yeah, I choose the first mm-hmm. experience for everybody. Yeah, because well, that, yeah, that's pretty small and pretty, like, it's pretty intimate. Like, you're right there. <laughs> you're right there. Buy it. So, yeah, so I do, yeah. I do uh, mm-hmm. 250 to 300 people. Mm-hmm. Um, there's two rows of tables. That first row is only five feet away from the cage, which is the minimum guy. Mm-hmm. You literally, if you're like the first- You're gonna get chair, some spit or some blood or something. Does that ever happen? No, it, it has happened. Someone spit a lens on someone else's food on the table. No, no, just like I'm fighting, <laughs> right? Someone got like whacked or something. That's funny. <laughs> All oh, right. you're talking about, well, yeah. you're asking that because you don't watch this stuff, but I do. So I want to yeah. start talking about the fighting because mm-hmm. I do watch, you know, UFC a lot. No, I yeah. wouldn't say a lot. I'd say I, I'm a casual. Like whenever it's on, I just stop what I'm doing and I'm watching. 
but I don't yeah. physically like sit and look for, you know, I'm that kind of watcher. So, uh, <laughs> okay. I want to get your opinion on like some fights and previous <laughs> fights that have been happening that are very, very controversial. Obviously I'm going to start with the Connor versus Khabib Nurmagomedov. Yes. Eagle of Kak. What was it? I forgot <laughs> what it was. The Eagle of, uh, not Uzbekistan. Cause that's a country. Dagestan. The Eagle of Dagestan. That's, that's oh, yeah, it, right? The bear fighter. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much so. So he won fair and square. He dominated throughout, like from the first round all the way to, I would say from the second, end of the second round throughout the whole fight. But he did show a lack of sportsmanship, I will admit, when he crawled over the cage and he eagle kicked Connor's trainer, who was, I think, it was, uh, what was his name? Connor's trainer, uh, Dylan. Uh, the, Dylan. Dylan Dennis, yes. Dylan Dennis, jiu jitsu yeah, coach. Pretty much. So he, he, he like, what, what do you think about that? So why, like, is it understandable or like what he did was completely wrong or how, how, what's your take on the whole situation? You know, I'm a very sportsman, like Budo code kind of person. Mm -hmm. So, you know, always respect your opponent, mm -hmm. you know, humble in victory, gracious in defeat, blah, blah, blah. But you have to remember certain people, they live by different codes of honor. And I know with, with Khabib, he's very, he's very, very religious. And attacking his father the way Connor did is a whole nother level. And attacking the Muslim community is a whole nother level than just the fight itself. Because mm -hmm. Khabib looks at fighting much different than the normal person. Like he so how do you think Khabib looks at it? He looks at it from, a, from an honor. It's not about money. It's about honor. So you must always show respect. And the fact that Connor respects him, disrespected him, and his family and his religion and call them all terrorists. Um, that's on a whole nother level that, and I wouldn't understand it because that's not my culture, but mm -hmm. I'm willing to accept it. No problem. Mm -hmm. interesting. That's interesting. So you think it's justified, although it's unsportsmanlike, you think it's justified. Yeah. Well, interesting. Cause like, I, I, I don't think it's justified. I think he should have just turned the other cheek. That's interesting. Yeah. Trash talking. Because, yeah. yeah. Like, like, even, even, like, I'm Muslim. Ali is mm -hmm. Muslim as well. Like, yeah. I understand the culture, and I would even dare say maybe just a bit better than he does, right? <laughs> yeah. Because, obviously, the way he did behave that night, like, he got the win. He destroyed Connor. He didn't just, it wasn't like, oh, you got lucky getting your hand under there. He destroyed him. Did you see him when he was, like, over him? He's like, you want to talk? Let's talk now. Because he opens his mouth, Connor's, like, he just smashed it. Let's talk now. He destroyed him. And I think that was enough. And, like, he shouldn't have jumped, honestly. What about uh, John Bone Jones versus uh, Daniel Cormier? That was, that was a fight. Yeah, it that was. was. Yeah, that was a fight. And think about Daniel Cormier. I think he's like probably the best heavyweight, but John Jones just has his number. Styles make fights. And I don't think Daniel Cormier can ever beat him. Just the style. Mm -hmm. but, okay. It's, but also, it's interesting uh, you say, but like if we consider the weight, like the actual like physical of Daniel Cormier, he's not like, he's not this ripped, you know, person. He's actually like, which is amazing for overweight people. Like that's just crazy that you can last toe to toe with John Jones, 
while being severely like overweight compared to your enemy, you know, because John Jones is very skinny when you look at him. And his yeah. height is a huge advantage. Well, I, mm. I, I shouldn't be telling you this because you obviously know this, <laughs> right? But, like, like, I don't know why I'm explaining it to you, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, wow. Like, it's amazing to see him. You also have to remember, like, Cormier is an Olympic-level wrestler. Wow. And those guys, they, they don't look the part, but they are all monsters. And they are so strong because he's been wrestling since he was four years old. So you figure he's been wrestling at the highest level for like 30 years. So his wow. power is crazy. That's just his genetics. I still remember when he was in, uh, I think it was Strike Force. It was this is when I became a fan of Daniel Cormier, and he yeah. fought Josh Barnett. And I remember he picked Josh Barnett up like a feather and threw him over his shoulder. I was like, holy shit. I think he came from behind him, right? Mm. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Like Picked him up, yeah. I was like, "Oh my god, dude!" Yeah, oh that, that uh, like I, th- I'm pretty sure he can do it with one hand. I'm pretty sure, because the yeah. way he did that, I was like, "Dude, you used two just to be safe. Come on now, <laughs> come on. Who, who you play? You know." But yeah, so you have been in fights yourself, and I think me and uh, Ali here want to watch your fights with you. This is a segment we do with all our athletes, and it's called the. Uh, what was going through your mind segment? What was going through Which your mind segment? <laughs> pretty much, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty self-explanatory. So I'm going to pull it up Sounds real good. quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, here we go. But yeah, uh, I just realized I logged out of my WhatsApp from my phone. So I kind of have to do that now. You're good. Second. And then we just do that. Perfect. All right, here we go. So this, this was your fight. It was against, uh, I think it was, yep, Steve Orozco. I'm not sure if I said his name right, but here we go. So the whole five minutes, right? I think is this the highlight or is this the full thing, Ali? Um, I don't, I don't know if this is the best, the best fight for it. Um, but yeah, th- I think this is the full fight. What are we looking at here, Steve? All right, so. Yeah. So here you are, right? Let's head to what you do. You must know here you are. Yeah, there you go. Here's Steve. Just got in the cage. <laughs> Just got in the cage, right? They closed yeah. that stuff down. They're announcing everything. What was going through your mind right here? You know what's funny is uh, getting in the cage is one of the scariest things you can ever experience. I don't care how you are, but leading up to it, there's a video I'll where Donald Cerrone talks about how he feels in the back room. Um, which I, can, I can send it to send you the link. I got to look it up. Where he talks about how scared he is and how he's punching the mitts and nothing's working properly. And he just feels like a little bitch. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Pretty and much, yeah. That, and you have that feeling in the back because, in all honesty, it's not normal to walk, walk, to, to, walk to danger. You know, you're going into a cage to fight another human. And it's not practice. You know, you do it every day in practice, but it's still not it's practice. It's never the same. It's never the same. Your adrenaline yeah. is going through the roof. I mean, I probably shit like 10 times before I fight. <laughs> and um, I mean, I don't blame but, you. <laughs> yeah, you know, but, you know, then they call you out. and Like, you don't even know how to act or feel. You're like, should I be acting tough? Should I be warming up? You know, but once that bell rings all of that goes out the window and it's just like you said, a fight or flight. 
it's just all muscle memory and you don't remember anything when it's over. Mm -hmm. So what do you do? Are you the kind of person that like, you like to pace your opponent? Cause uh, we all know like no one punches the same, no one kicks in the same way. No one's going to give you a, you know, no, it's like wherever he can, however, as fast as possible. So do you take your time to like pace your opponent, see how fast it takes him to react or throw a punch or do you just, Go in there and, you know, smash it. I always have the mindset of a wrestler just to go in there. Um, I think this is like going my – I think this was like my second or third – maybe my third pro fight. So, I think, you know, at that point, I, I'm not as composed as someone who's been fighting for a while. Um, so, for me, my natural instinct is wrestle like a Khabib. I'm, I'm going to feel you out, but then I'm going to press you and I'm going to get you on the ground. And my goal is to punch, punch, punch. As soon as you roll over a little bit, I'm sinking in that rear naked choke. Ooh. Is it? So now, it's, it's I want to know this. Yeah, Sorry, ahead. yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's a, it's a natural reaction that if someone's on top of you and you're punching, you're going to roll over to get away from the punches. It's a natural human reaction. So a lot of guys, especially in your first few fights, that's what they're going to do. Interesting. But like, you, obviously, like, not the way to go. Right? No, not. It's kind of like the exactly what K Khabib did to Connor. You know, punch, 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 and he turns over and he just sinks in that choke, and it's over. Hmm. Now, is it easy? Because when I see you guys, you slip in that like choke, and I, like you do it so <laughs> smoothly, like it, it's to the point where it kind of looks planned, you know, and not planned as in like you guys are in, you know, like coordination with each other, like planned, like you already thought you were looking for a rear naked choke during your fight so is it like that or does it actually like you know is it a struggle to get your arm like right under that neck or that chin and start squeezing yeah i think i think it's all depend on the fighter um so with you with me it was it was never hard I, it was always punch 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 and sink it in because but i was always looking for that i was always looking for the rear mm -hmm. choke it was always in the back of my head wow all right, cool. So here you're pacing around, right? You say you're scared. You don't look it, dude. You got a strong <laughs> poker face, man. All right. One win, no loss. So this is your second. Okay. Fight. Yep. Our guy. <laughs> Our guy. <laughs> All right. Wait a minute. What's his nickname? Oh, we can't. I can't, I can't hear. But we can't hear. When oh, you guys can't hear. No. Oops, my bad. That was that's yes. on me. Sorry. You're good. All right, here. Mm -hmm. Share sound. I think he said, uh, "Free my here. people." Cecil. Your referee for this fight is Cecil. Free my peoples, ladies and gentlemen. It's is that really his nickname? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was uh, that's the referee, Cecil Peoples. The referee. I see. Oh, I guess I'm just. I'm pretty sure I heard. Your referee for this fight is Cecil Free My Peoples. There you go. Cecil Free My uh, Peoples. Yeah, the, the I guess the referee, referee. had his. Own. 
<laughs> oh, gentlemen, <laughs> it's flight time. All right. Here we go. go. And there you go. And now it happens, right? And obviously, at this point, you were looking at your opponent, and uh, what was going through your mind as soon as you made eye contact? <laughs> time to go. Oh, time, time to, go. to go. Obviously, here I think. There we go. Wow. All right. Now. Usually, whenever someone throws the first punch, and usually that's me, I'm always the guy to throw the first punch, even in like back in school and fights. I love the surprise on my opponent's <laughs> face. They're just like, you know that, that surprise? That's like, dude, you hit hard, you know? So did, did you see that in him? I've always wanted to know if like fighters see that in their opponents. Like as soon as you land your first strike on them, that, that facial surprise, you know, like just uh, oh, that. It's funny because that first punch, if you ever noticed, even in general, that first exchange between two fighters is the scariest exchange where so many fights end because you're not ready to take a hit like that yet. You, a lot of times you need, a couple, you need to get hit a couple of times to, uh, to really know you're in a fight. And uh, that's why a lot of times you see some guys get knocked out in the first 30 seconds because – Jose Aldo. He was like yeah. this amazing jujitsuist, and as soon as that left hook landed, and there he goes, drops to the floor. Yeah. So yeah, that's very true. Yeah, I mean, I can see this. Here we go. Oh, did he touch you there? No, I don't think so. It doesn't. It looks like it was a close, like miss. You know? Yeah, it was close. All right. Okay, so why do you do this right here? Uh, to fill you out. Oh, is that what it did? I thought it was just like, a, okay, I'm about to grab or something, you know? But, like, I see a lot of fighters, they do that. Yeah, like, always. Like they, go, they either do this, right? They put one hand out, or they do this, both hands, which is very, like, I, I never understood why people did that. So here you tried to go for the single leg takedown. And, wow, I mean, this guy's putting up. <laughs> and there we go. You got him down. Ooh, right. What was going through your mind right here? Oh, man. Look, I want the mount. If, if he wasn't against the cage, I would have mounted him for sure. So, so you wanted to go from a half guard to a full mount? Like a false yeah, I want, full mount? I want to be in full mount. Like right now, it's pressing up against the cage. Like you see if my left leg is under his because I'm, I'm getting ready to – I'm placing oh. underneath him to press so you, as hard as I can. So he's trapped. So it's like right here, if you can see my mouse. Like you're trying to put your leg right here, basically. Yep. Is that what you're saying? Yep. Because now he awesome. can't even turn in. He can't turn in. I see. Okay, let's keep watching. So you're half guard. He's trying to get up. The energy that it takes, bro. Like... I'm pretty sure this is very exhausting. If I tried to do this, I, I wouldn't be able to reach <laughs> the full guard or the mount. So right here, he's like, he was holding on to my neck for dear life. Oh, wow. Was it painful? Was he like squeezing or anything? No, it's not painful. It's just annoying because you can't, you can only go. Wherever, the body can only go where the head goes. So if the, head is back, the body can't go anywhere. Interesting. Right, so here you gave him a few body shots, right? 
And uh, so, what's the benefit of a of a body shot? Uh, takes so why why would? Oh, and does it like help decrease your opponent's stamina by, or is that oh, just big, in the games? Big time, big oh. time. Mm-hmm. Okay, wow. So so like, what's worse for you to get punched in the head or in the like body? Um, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I'll tell you what, getting hit in the liver is the worst place to get hit. Oh, ah, yeah, I know. I know all about the liver shot. Like one good left hook to the, yeah. like that can shut you down. That's that the only can... thing that's ever been dropped with is a left hook. At least like in sparring, a few times I've been dropped with a hook to the body. Or if I'm going against a southpaw, I get roundhouse to the body. Now here's okay. So is it is it painful or is it the shock, like the shock that it just came there? Yeah. It's not pain. It's this weird shock that happens. Like it just takes everything out of you. You can't even tough it out. Yep. You can't tough it out. You your body just like it just crumbles. What about like? Did you ever take one to the kidney? Kidney? Uh, no. You know, I don't think you're not allowed to punch in the kidney. Thank God. Uh, yeah, because that one that that can be fatal. Like if with the right amount of force, mm-hmm. yes. that can be fatal. Especially the spleen. The spleen is the most dangerous because if I punch you with enough force to the spleen, I can cause internal bleeding and you would die. Like there's no getting out of it. So that's yes. like that's one of the most dangerous stuff. So you try to kick there. Wait, what's wrong with him? What happened there? I uh, kicked him in the leg, his knee. Oh. So it was an inside, inside leg kick. Interesting. His knee, got all, his knee got fucked up and the fight was over. And then you went right here, pow. Wait, did you like move the patella away or what happened? I'm Just sure. I didn't know he had a knee injury and he had to go to the hospital. Oh. Oof. Yikes. Anybody got a knockout? And they counted as a knockout, yeah? Not a medical, like, stop or anything like that? Nope. Yeah, it was TKO. Right. It was a TKO. Interesting. And, like, what were you thinking when you went back to your corner? Were you like, ah? Oh, yeah, you know, it was, it was, so, again, I'm the kind of guy, like, when I fight someone, I'm fighting because I just want to win. I'm not fighting to hurt anyone or injure somebody. Yeah. I just love the competition. Like, when they say UFC – I always think of it as the ultimate form of competition and uh, just like wrestling. So I go in there just wanting to win. Like it's human chess, you know, not, not ever injure a person. Well, I mean, technically we can't avoid that. I mean, the nature of the sport calls for you to knock someone out cold and that takes force. But what was he saying here? So right here, you went to him. He's like, he, he pointed at you. What was he saying? Oh, he just had a good fight in that he hurt his knee. Oh, I mean, that's amazing for yeah. people who literally just started smacking each other. Like <laughs> the fact that you can just all of a sudden go like, you know what? Hey, that's good. You know, all is well. Congrats. And things like, like that's just amazing. You know, there's, I, there's, there's something about fighting where like you like, I know it sounds kind of, what's the word? It sounds kind of soft to say, but when you're in there and fighting another human, you like share something like with your souls together. Whoa. You know, it's this weird thing. Like, mm-hmm. There's something that you share that you can never explain to somebody else. You know, because uh-huh. you, 
you've both been training for like eight weeks, been visualizing each other, training for each other. Then you get in there and fight each other. So you automatically have each other's respect, regardless of how much trash talking there was beforehand. Then once that fight is over, it's like, man, like you really earned my respect, win or lose. And there's like, a, like I said, there's something you share together. I never had the experience of having a three round war, like for 15 minutes. So that's on a whole nother level. And I always wish to have something like that. You know, I've had that in sparring, but I never had that in a fight. And that's, mm. you're really sharing each other's soul because you're going to literally the brink yep. with each other to the edge and back. I mean, it's kind of endearing because yeah. if you think about it, like, wow, this guy is studying my every move. He, all he's thinking about is me. And you know, it's like all you're thinking about is your opponent. You're studying them, their move, every breath they take, every step, you know, it's like, wow. So yeah, no, I completely understand. I completely understand, right? So I think this is another, uh, another fight of yours. It's against uh, Daniel. Uh uh compion i believe yeah so, so he was a, he was a replacement fighter my fight so the thing about mma is fights always fall off every time there's a card there's going to be a few fights that don't happen I see. so uh mm -hmm. so week before my fight my opponent actually backed out and they gave me him the week of my fight and did, so when that happened did you like start studying him up like immediately or uh, how does that work mm -hmm. uh, no. Mm -hmm. no i mean the only the only difference was his weight class he was much mm -hmm. heavier but i was much more experienced so like right now i'm, I'm fighting at 170 instead of 155 and i think he was see. like 180 i think he was like 180 so it was really like a 185 pound fight it was a catch weight so he has like but, 10 pounds on you yeah for sure roughly yeah okay and uh, what is your weight class, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, I'm like a lightweight. Now. So Khabib is my guy. <laughs> Khabib is your guy. Oh, I, like, even though, you know, Khabib is like, you know, he's, he's very held near and dear to the Muslim community. You have my support, buddy, if you ever go against him. Yes, of course. That'd be so cool. <laughs> Until he starts doing what he does. And then uh, I'm going to switch midway. No, I'm joking. Yeah, um, okay. I think Khabib is the scariest fighter in all of MMA. Yep. What makes him so scary? Like, why is he the scariest? You'd say. Because he, when he gets on top of you, game he over. Literally, he's literally, excuse my language, he's literally raping you. Like, you can't get out. And just to be pummeled like that for five minutes or for four minutes, I can't imagine what's going through <laughs> his head. Because yeah. once he, I don't think, I don't think yeah. anyone's ever got from their back back to their feet when he was on top and he I think he's like he lagged out he did lag out yeah but that's but i'm gonna share with him watching the fight yeah yeah i'm gonna share with him when he comes back that i think i know how to defeat oh he's back okay you think uh, you know you how to defeat know, khabib i think i know how to defeat khabib no how do you jokes. do it right <laughs> so if we look at every fighter right they all worked on how to stay up you know they all worked on striking instead of groundwork yeah khabib is taking you to the ground whether you like it or not there is no escaping it so if you can work on your groundwork harder than khabib which is close to impossible obviously <laughs> because he's khabib that's all he does right 
uh, as well as striking but his main focus but if you can work and set out a plan on groundwork as well as focusing on striking it's just a rinse and repeat fight he puts you to the ground you get up you start striking he puts you to the ground again you get up because of all your training and groundwork you start striking again and it's rinse and repeat till he gets tired strike all the way through and you got your bells what do you think of that plan <laughs> it's probably a lot easier said than done i mean true it is i know but like as in theory i think all the guys who are really good on their backs are also very they're not athletic so for example um nate diaz right nate diaz is incredible on his back he is um, but once he's on his back he just stays there he's not athletic enough to get up on his feet you got to be more athletic, you got to be faster than Khabib to get back up. So these guys, like a Diaz, they're going to get on the ground, and they're just going to fight off their back for the whole time. Like a Tony Ferguson, for example. Ooh, the boogie, man. Dude, I want to so, see that fight with Khabib. So Tony Ferguson, I'm saying the Gaethje fight is going to be great and all, but the Ferguson fight for me is very interesting because he throws those elbows from the guard. And nobody else yeah. does. So he actually might be able to, to cut Khabib or stop him with all the elbows he throws. And I think that would have been the, the defining factor within that fight. Interesting. Because I, I was going to ask you by the end of the episode, like, Tony Ferguson, Khabib. Everyone's waiting yeah. for it. It's been waited for for so long. So I might as well ask you now, who do you have your money on? I would still bet on Khabib. Um, Oh, just because of what happened in the last fight. Um, <laughs> no, Justin Gates, he murked him, man. He what? He beat up on on Ferguson that last fight. But again, Styles make fights. Um, Ferguson's probably the guy that if someone was going to beat Khabib, it would be Ferguson, only because he can fight from his back. And Ferguson is unfinishable, so it would be five oh. rounds. Well, you, you can't finish Ferguson. He's like a, you. He's a zombie. You saw the damage he took from Gaethje. Like he's not. Yeah. He's not, he fucking split his head, bro. <laughs> the guy's like bleeding his whole face, I and he's do. still up. Yo, Tony. There's a reason they call him the boogeyman. It's because yeah, literally the guy does not get knocked out. No, and it's scary. That's a scary person. So he True. could, he could maybe stop Khabib within those five rounds. Maybe. Uh, like, it's, it's a very close fight. I can't wait to watch it. Like, I usually don't do pay-per-views. I just wait till the highlights come out. But this yeah. is one I want to live, right? Mm -hmm. I want to watch because it's such a close... One can't get knocked out. The other is good at groundwork. So is the other, right? And it's just, like, very, very balanced. It's as balanced as it's ever going to get in the UFC. And that's just my opinion right here. So, Absolutely. yeah, let's... Let's 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 get back to your. Is this your second fight or your third? I think it's your third. Might be my third. Yeah. All right. So here you are, and you begin. Is, he, is there no? Oh, no touching gloves. No touching gloves. How come? Did you try to give him like a little, like a little like good fist bump, me, bro? I don't think I did. I think that fight I was mad because I had a replacement. Oh. But then you but but you knew, didn't you? I mean they told you like a week before. No, they did, but I was still upset about it. Oh. Why why were you upset about it? I think 
this kid was a teammate of the other kid. Mm. Okay. Because uh, he wasn't as professional, you felt like, or, you know, at the time, you didn't have the same experience. Yeah. I, you know, one of those days where I just felt like mm-hmm. more savage than others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, just a mindset was a little different that day. That's why like, I came out and I just, I literally just ran across the kid. <laughs> I threw like I think a sidekick, sidekick, mm-hmm. and he backed up, and then I just lunged at him with a with a flying knee, and I missed, and I landed on the mat. And boy, is he lucky! Because if we look at the speed you were going at, like if you hit that flying knee, look at that boom! And then obviously he's falling there, and he's trying to get you on the ground. Single leg takedown. And you got him down. Oh, he's still hanging on to your neck. Wow. Right. How annoyed were you? <laughs> he's still on your neck. <laughs> like the fucker won't let go. How annoyed were you? <laughs> um, it's always the worst thing. Because it's not, you should never hold on to the neck. You should always let it go. Pretty much. And, for the safety of your opponents, basically. And, and it's, you know, to improve your position. Because you can't do anything with that. He's not going to get anywhere. My, my my right leg is free. You can't rear naked. You can't put me in a guillotine. Interesting. All right. So let's keep let's let's keep watching. So he's still holding on, and you can see by his face he's like very like holding on for dear life, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What do you mean? Don't let go. And you've escaped, right? <laughs> I, I know. You don't have to tell me. I know what was going through your mind. <laughs> Bitch, right, keeps holding right, up. Right when yeah. he turned, it was over. He turned the wrong way. Pretty much. And now you're going to, you know, backside mount. And you went into that neck choke. Standing neck choke. Oh, go to sleep. Oh. I know it's wrong of me to say, but I kind of wish he slept there. Like, that would have been cool to see. <laughs> it's me, but come on. Even you're probably like, oh, I wish I put him to sleep, bro. Yeah. I wish he didn't tap. Because that would be amazing. You're just like, and good night. And he just collapses to the ground. But yeah, that was your third fight. And killer instincts. I think that's what makes or breaks a fight. Yes, I agree with you. Killer instincts. True, sportsmanship is important, but as soon as that bell goes, if you have the ability to switch from sportsman-like behavior to killer instincts, that's it. Do you, yeah, you man, I think, uh, I think, you know, I mentioned Connor a few times. Connor was a master at that. He was the guy that could sell a fight and trash talk. But when that fight was over, whether he won or lost, he was so gracious and so humble every single time. It's almost like that was the real Connor. Mm. Well, interesting you say. Interesting, because I, I, I don't think I, I disagree with you honestly. You think I feel Ryan like, yeah, I feel like talk? he does all the time. Like at one point, he, he like took the I don't know what it's called in English. It's the thing he used. Oh, to when like, he threw it on the bus, you mean? Oh yeah, yeah. what was? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. the dolly. Yes, dolly. When, like like. You can talk all you would like, but as soon as you do something as stupid as that, like that's mm-hmm. it, lines crossed. You know, you could have heard people in the bus, could have caused like some lacerations because of the glass, yeah. whatever it is, right? 
No, that you need is to know true. your limits in shit talking. I'm not saying you shouldn't shit talk. That just makes the fight more interesting. But know your limits. Agreed. Like, know your limits. Okay, I'm just going to talk shit here. When, when I'm in the gym, I'm professional. If I see him on the streets, I'm professional. But it's like, if there's a camera, and like I'm in front of people, and it's a conference, <laughs> shit talk all you want. I don't care. You know? That, but like, that's the issue. Now, Connor, win or lose, I don't think it's like I don't think he's humble and great and he's so gracious because he is gracious. I feel like he either pities his uh, opponent or if he lost, he pities himself, and mm. that's why he acts all humble or gracious just by like out of normal pity. human psychology. Yeah, like out of pity for either himself if he's lost mm-hmm. or to whoever he pretty much destroyed. Except for Jose Aldo, bro. He's like Dana. 60 G's, baby. That's like, that's yeah. the real corner. Like, that's the biggest proof, you know? Cause, yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's what I think about the whole Conor McGregor. But out of all these people, who's your favorite fighter? My favorite fighter is Khabib. Khabib? Yeah. Khabib. You know something? Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I am always very fascinated with any athlete or any fighter in general that you know exactly what they're going to do and you can't stop them. So, Khabib, you can't stop him on top. Um, George St. Pierre, you can't stop his takedown. We know he's going to take you down. Yep. Um, Floyd Mayweather, for example, you know can't what he's going to do defensively. Why can't you beat him? He's going to defense. Beat up his shoulder, do something. But Floyd always adjusts and always whoops your ass. Like, it's true. It's crazy. So, and they, you already know what they're going to do. What? But- Except against Pacquiao, you got to admit, like, he was very, like, how do I say it? What's really good about Floyd is as much as his defensive is always on point, you can never yeah. catch him in a corner. No, no, he's so... Never. He has that, like, sixth sense of, okay, that's the corner right there. This guy's trying to back me up. He either goes to the left or he moves to the right, and he's out of that corner. He's absolutely Houdini's right so I think he he really showed that when he was fighting with uh, Pacquiao because Pacquiao is just like okay I'm gonna put this guy in a corner I'm just gonna punch away till he breaks his arm from defense you know which and did that ever happen by the way does anyone ever from how much they've been blocking break an arm or just can't continue to fight no, I don't think so and it, it might have happened um let me think in boxing I don't think so and we tie for sure from kicks, um, but not from punches. Interesting. Right. So uh, let's say someone like me is interested in getting into combat sports, right? Yeah. Because I really am. I was thinking of going to a boxing gym just out of health, not to actually fight someone or, you know, it's good yeah. to always have, know some yeah. sort of self-defense and what I do know is let's say not sufficient or too dangerous. So and I'm just kidding. It's not too dangerous, but uh, what are like, what are some things I have to consider before joining a MMA gym, boxing gym, whatever. You know, it's, I don't really think there's much to consider. I do think that each discipline has its benefits. You know, I, I think it's important for people to be comfortable with throwing punches and be really comfortable with taking a punch. You know, it's different. You can take, if you're going to take cardio boxing classes, it's just cardio. But getting into a ring and sparring, even if it's very, very light, to get used to seeing punches come at you. 
because 99% of people have never even seen a punch come at them. Anybody can just throw a haymaker. <laughs> what happens when a punch comes? Most people are going to be like Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar in his fight, he's like this. And he's like scared. He's trying to get away from it. Um, so being comfortable with the punches is, is really important. I think jiu-jitsu is the most important thing to learn. Everyone should fight off their back. Um, and then I think I've never – I've been to classes, but Krav Maga is really deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very what? I'm sorry. You were kind of lagging there. Oh, sorry. It's like – it's very – it's, it's good for self-defense, but to strike and leave. Ooh, what know, about like, wing action? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like someone attacks you, it's kind of like, I block, I throw this punch to this area, and I'm gone. And that's kind of the best, that's kind of the best way, I guess, if you ever are in a fight in real life, right? You just want to take the blow me, like, mm-hmm. and escape. I don't even want to fight in the street. It's too... It's too scary now to fight in a street without a referee because half the, the people have a gun, they have a, they have a knife. Like what if I go and what if someone attacks me and I, and I, and I shoot a double leg takedown and I'm on top of them and mount and they pull a knife out of their pocket and stab me. I mean, you can't All back that goes out, out pretty much on the guy. Yeah. It's scary out there, man. It is. I, I think, well, here's my message to all the kids even though there aren't any kids watching it because we age restrict these videos but if you happen to bypass all that youtube security shit which you probably do because i used to do it all the time regardless uh the best way to win a fight is to not get in one in the first place let's just say that because there are many times where the advantages were literally on my side i'm tall i'm heavy right and even in university, there are many times where I almost got into the fight, into like a big ass fight. Like fists were going to be thrown and I just walk away. Why? Because the best way to win fights is to not fight at all. Absolutely. Which like, I think is something everyone really needs to understand. Because just like Mike Tyson said, or was it Muhammad Ali who said, do you all have plans until you get punched in the face? Like everyone <laughs> has a plan. Think, okay. <laughs> gonna punch me i'm gonna move left as soon as that punch lands you're just like shit what am i gonna do now you know even there's no time to run even as a professional fighter in a in the cage you have your game plan of what you're gonna do and all of a sudden that first exchange that whole plan gets thrown out the window yep i i i I believe this because you see them like trained you see the uh, i'm a person who if i'm invested in a fight I watch every video there is on a fight. They're mm-hmm. training, you know, like uh, random uh, paparazzi just going in with a camera and filming everything. I I study both fighters very well before I like before I decide. Like I'm very good at knowing who's gonna win before a fight. I'm very good at predicting. Mm-hmm. So so you think Ferguson Khabib who's gonna win? Honestly, this is the only one I can't answer because mm-hmm. they are like, it's a lot of, okay, well, he has this, but he also has this. Yeah. He has, this, you know, mm-hmm. so it's a very, like, I would not bet on that match. Straight Styles up. make fights. Styles make fights. Okay. But like, it, it takes one clean punch to the chin and yep. style, effort, <laughs> all that Training, shit flies out that. the window, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, we'll go back to Jose Aldo and McGregor. 
who had more style? Aldo. Yeah. Aldo had, he's a, the guy who does jiu-jitsu, full stop. The best in Brazil, which is where jiu-jitsu was further advanced. Still got like clean punch to the chin. Out. There you go. So it's it's very hard to decide. Like with Khabib, I knew Khabib was gonna win. Literally, all I was looking for in that fight was I was waiting for Khabib to mount him. As soon as he did, mm-hmm. and he got on top, over. And he flipped his hand. I was mm-hmm. like, "That's it." See, I was right. And I told my friends who were watching with me, I was "Like, remember a few weeks ago what I told you? Who was gonna win?" They're like, "Yeah, fine, you were right." But like, literally, I'm a kind. I'm the kind of person who studies the fighters. I look at their losses and I look at their wins, and how they do it. So, yeah. Are you planning on getting back into the ring anytime soon? I would, I would like to. I, I've thought about it. So I'm, gonna, I'm 39 years old. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be 40 in December. I want to wait until I'm 40 so I can kind of show the world that you're never too old to fight. Pretty much. I'm still, I'm st- I still train with these guys. I'm still in incredible shape. Um, so I can still get back in there. It's just a matter of me getting back in there. Bro, if you ever do a so fight cool. like Dubai or Saudi Arabia, I'm <laughs> definitely coming. Like, I, I want to see you fight, like, live, you know? Or yeah, I really yeah. want to watch you fight because, like, it would be amazing just to mm-hmm. see you get that W because that's what you do. You get yeah, that my man. <laughs> yeah, there we go. All right. So, right. is Smash uh, streamed or is it just a local event? Like, are there cameras there recording the event? Yeah, we have cameras. I'm not usually will release the film like after, mm-hmm. so like you know recorded. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't done any live streaming yet. All right, cool. Interesting. But, Interesting. Well, my advice is don't go to the fight networks, even though they do pull with huge cash. I would say do it on like um, YouTube or Twitch, right? Where because that that this YouTube and Twitch is the future platform. Mm -hmm. It's like the future of TV in general. Like, obviously I'm, I'm pretty sure you've heard of the Logan Paul KSI fight. Of course. Yeah. So that pulled in almost equivalent to the Pacquiao and uh, Floyd Mayweather. Mm. Roughly. It was like almost there in terms of just the viewership. Yeah. It's just the streams. Right. And it's only getting more. It's only increasing with time. So honestly, I, I think you should heavily consider doing it on YouTube and on Netflix. So we have reached our time stamp. And, okay. Uh, Thank wow. you. Thank you, Steve. I, I really enjoyed it. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah, good. Yeah. Like, uh, so thank you very much for coming. Uh, no obviously, you know. is, there, is there something you want to say? Something you want to shout out before we wrap up here? Um. Yeah, just... My website, smashglobal.com. Link it. Yep. In the description and, uh, below. My Instagram, at Steve Orozco. In check it out. In the description below as well. Amazing. Guys, give him, go check him out. He's, he's, he's pretty much the future of the lightweight. Keep an eye on him. I can see him. <laughs> right? There we go. 